<laughs> Hello, T Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shy. Today, we're getting into all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing something new my Netflix Watch Weekend. What I watched this weekend, we're going to review it, talk about it, and see if you guys want to watch it yourself. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this episode. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into these topics. I hope you guys had a great previous week and have a great start to your week now. I mean, I feel like so much of the Northeast got snow, so we're all still dealing with snow and ice on the ground and stuff from last week and the weekend or whatever. So let's get into this hot tea. Let's get into something piping hot with all this snow and cold weather and Arctic chill that we've all been dealing with. out here in the northeast lately all right so the first topic is lorenzo gordon has been hit with three fraud charges and this comes just days after british started to serve her sentence so british williams um from basketball wives was basically uh caught up in a fraud scheme during the pandemic of course the ppp loan you know we did a whole episode on it Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and take a listen to that. But like I said, you know, Biden did come back and say that they're going to be prosecuting these people for the next 10 years. So if you took money in 2020, you will not be safe until 2030. So for everybody thinking like, oh, they didn't knock on my door yet. They don't know about my PPP stuff. They will likely get you in the 10 year um, period that they've been given to get all the fraudsters that were involved in the PPP uh, pandemic scams, okay? So British got caught up in a situation like that. The judge actually did give her the holidays with her daughter. However, British did not turn herself in on the day that she was supposed to, and she was saying that she didn't turn herself in because she was doing an appeal um, of the sentencing that she got. So basically sometimes in court, if you make an appeal to the judge's sensibilities or whatever, and their humanity, they'll allow you to do certain things that, you know, they don't have to do. So she was supposed to turn herself in before Christmas and new year's. And she asked the judge, you know, she petitioned the court to spend one last holiday with her daughter. Cause I believe she got six years. So there will be several Christmases and uh, new year's is that she will not be able to spend with her child because she will be, um, you know, she'll be locked up. So she asked the judge for the extra time and he actually gave it to her. And then she did not turn herself in. So this does not look good. <laughs> As far as what's coming in her case, yes, you can, you know, try to overturn your case at any time, you know, you know, Tory Lanez is constantly doing this with different things that he's trying to petition the court to, you know, turn over his sentencing or whatever, but you still have to report to jail, even if you're trying to get your sentence turned over. So they basically had to come arrest her because she did not turn herself in. And then we find out a few days later that her ex, Lorenzo Gordon, who is presumably the child's father, but I'm actually not sure. But whoever he is, he was in the picture, right? So he is now got hit with three fraud charges and he's going to have to serve. Listen, this is crazy, but I can completely understand birds of a feather. If you're doing a scam and your man knows about it, he's either going to stop you from doing a scam 
and, you know, tell you how dangerous it is to, to be scamming the government and stuff like that, or he's going to get in on it too. I totally believe them allegedly being in the same household that he would have something to do with it. I feel for the child, um, whether that's her biological father or just, you know, her father figure either way to lose your mom and then to lose him in her life, um, around the same time must be devastating. Um, and I just, you know, I just urge all the T crew members. I know you guys are responsible parents because you're an awesome person. Cause you listen to this podcast, <laughs> but you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody, you know, has little ups and downs. Listen, listen, come close, please come close T crew. The way things are going with this inflation and the way that life has been slapping me in 2024, believe me, I understand why some of you guys are very into scamming because to me, it's like, if I could face it with my conscience, I'd be scamming too. I'm not going to lie. These prices are crazy. It's so expensive just to live. It's so expensive just to breathe. Forget going to brunch and out to eat and all the things, you know, that make life a little more livable. It's like, it's so expensive just to breathe, just to maintain. So I can completely understand why it's so tempting, but you do have to think about your kids in this situation, right? British has done a lot of things on the shows and things like that, that I really don't agree with. And it's not about her specifically, but it's like, as a parent, you got to think about these things. And it's literally not me parent shaming anybody who might listen to this podcast. It's just a reminder, like you are all they have, you know, they're little, they can't go in this world alone. If you can't do it, the responsibility falls onto a parent or a trusted family member, but you're literally all they have. You have to think about that before you engage in these scams and cons and things that might make life easier. Because at the end of the day, I know she would trade in all the things that she was able to purchase with that PPP loan just to be with her child at this point, right? So you got to think about that kind of thing. And Lorenzo as well. All right, let's move on to the next topic here. Oh, here we go. This topic, I'm not going to lie, y'all. This topic got me frustrated, but at the same time, in a way, I'm glad it happened, but I'll tell you why at the end. So Ramona Singer of Real Housewives of Roni Legacy, which is a show that is currently on Peacock right now, posts a story where she calls herself and two other white people colonizers. And she did this because she was at a wedding at the Colony Hotel. So some people tried to say in the comments, it was an off color joke because she's at the Colony Hotel. We can all draw the reference, right? Colony Hotel, people that stay there are colonizers. Okay. You are a Caucasian woman standing with two other Caucasian people. And by now you should understand the implications and the devastation that colonizing caused many black and brown people over the history of time. Like that's something that you should know as an adult. Okay. So to make those comments on your Instagram story, Ramona really shows the cultural insensitivity that you have been displaying since day one. And this is exactly why I refuse to cover Roni Legacy. I didn't even watch it, to be honest, because they did not remove it from Peacock or they did not remove her completely from the season, which was complete BS in my opinion. All of this stuff came out way ahead of the release. And because Bravo, Peacock, NBC Universal, all of the above were being too greedy 
greedy to put what's right in front of what's profitable. You still went ahead and aired it. And from those that I know that actually watched Roni Legacy, it was boring. I heard it was boring and I heard it was trash, to be honest. So you could have just scrapped the season like you scrapped the season with Brandy Glanville and Car- uh, Caroline Manzo when she threatened to sue. You went ahead and scrapped that season. But her being racist to a black producer, no less, that works for you wasn't enough to get her kicked off the show. In fact, she was actually invited to the Roni premiere of the show after making those comments. She was invited to the Roni Legacy premiere. So this draws a clear line, Bravo, and I'm saying this in all seriousness, this draws a clear line, Bravo, as to how you feel about people of color and how you feel about black people, because there is no way that she should have been invited to the premiere. And there's actually no way that this should have aired on your network after the comments that she made to that black producer. There's really no reason why. So for you to continue to stand by her and for her to continue to embarrass the brand and everything that you stand for, you would think they'd make a statement. They never say anything. Andy never says anything. And I know people are always like, well, Andy's just the figurehead. But when anything else happens, you see that Andy will get on his podcast and he will make a statement when it comes to the issues of racism and colorism on these shows. Andy is radio silent. And I like Andy too. I'm nothing against Andy Cohen. He is who he is. But at the end of the day, as the figurehead of this brand, you should be doing more to condemn racism. You just really should. At this point, there's no reason why the show should have even aired after those comments came out. I feel bad for the rest of the ladies, but at the same time, they would have to understand too. We as a brand cannot move forward with a product that includes someone who would act in the racist manner that Ramona Singer has acted for literally the entire time she's been on the show. You just can't stand by it. You can't stand by it. Then when she does stuff like this, I'm sure Andy wants to literally dig his head in a vice grip and be like, Ramona, please, for the love of God, stop posting this stuff. And she can't because she does not care. It's her makeup. It's her DNA. She doesn't care. She thought it was funny. I don't know, Bravo. You get so many opportunities to get it right. And I honestly feel like how many times are you going to get it wrong at this point? But anyway, let's move on to the next topic here. Nene Leakes was stopped by TMZ about the um, Real Housewives of Atlanta cast. And um, she also announced or it was announced that she will be hosting the baddies um, East reunion. So when Nene was stopped, she basically said what everybody has been saying that the cast does need a shakeup. The cast is indeed getting that shakeup, according to Candy Burris and producers, that everyone is not coming back. And I think we've known that for a long time now. During BravoCon, Drew Sedora did not even come to BravoCon, which led many people to think that she was no longer part of the cast. And that's why she didn't bother to go to the convention. Um, and all the rest of the housewives, the current housewives were there. Even Sonia was there and she was heavily pregnant at the time because I believe she gave birth in December. Um, congratulations to her and Aaron on the birth of, I think they had a second boy. So anywho, 
Um, Nene gave her opinion of the cast saying that they need to get rid of, you know, half or more of the cast. And people started saying that she was hating on the cast. She's not there. You know, she shouldn't have a comment. Other people, many people have been saying they need to get Nene and Portia back to save the show. Now, because Candy confirmed that she did not yet get her contract and she's been reaching out to the other ladies to see if they've been contracted um, to do another season that the show is basically on pause right now while they work out the casting issues that it's not going to be in its normal rotation because they need more time to cast. And then once they have the cast, get all the contracts and stuff in order before they begin filming the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. It also was announced that, you know, Nene will be hosting Baddies East. So for those that don't know, Baddies is on the Zeus network. They fight a lot. They scream a lot. And several people, including myself, thought this was a downgrade for Nene Leaks. But then when I really thought about it, I'm like, Nene has to bills. Nene has bills to pay as well. And when Floyd Mayweather took the Zeus money and got the private jet and they gave him all this money to do that exhibition fight with John Gotti III, nobody said he was sinking, you know, below his standards or whatever to work with Zeus. So it's like, why do we always feel like with Nene that she's sinking below or she's doing something or she's not meeting a certain standard? You know what I mean? It's like, why does that have to be true for Nene when it wasn't true for anybody else who worked with Zeus? It's like you know, Nick Cannon works with Zeus and they've get, they've gotten other celebrities to do their hostings and stuff like that. It's like working with Zeus doesn't automatically mean you're down bad. You know what I mean? Now what Nene will bring to it. I just hope it's respectful. You know, other hosts in the past have gotten into it with the cast members a little bit, if they even allow them to have a reunion, because normally they just sit there and fight <laughs> for the entire reunion. So it's actually not possible for the host to even get a question in or a word in or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, it is a paycheck for Nini. It's a look for Nini. And I'm glad she's getting it. Like I said, I would love to see her on ultimate girls trip i would love to see her even now on traders phaedra is killing it on traders i would love to see nini on traders there's a lot of stuff she can do in the peacock nbc universal space i think it just comes down to getting in getting her in those right meetings and just kind of establishing that everything is okay between her and andy and bravo um, so that th these doors can be open to her because it looks like whatever was happening with her and Bethany Frankel is over. Um, and so, you know, she's open to work. So we'll see, you know, it's not easy for anybody. And especially in this economy, it's like we hold celebrities or public figures to such high standards of like, oh, you can't take this. You can't take that. You don't know what bills they have to pay. You don't know what things they have going on. And obviously, if they're taking something, it's because they either wanted to or they had to. And it's really their business. <laughs> you know what I mean? As fans, we can speculate, but we don't know. We don't know what's going on with these people as they don't know what's going on with us. Everybody's just trying to live, you know? Everybody's just trying to live. All right, let's get to the next topic. Tyrese possibly proposed to his model girlfriend, Zelly, and then he compared her to Kanye West's wife, Bianca Centauri. So 
Tyrese posts, you know, it's very cold. Like I said, on Northeast right now. So he was like, when it's really cold, I like to post warmer memories and stuff like that. As many of us do, it's been passing around Instagram, Facebook, probably TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but probably around TikTok too. And it's like, it's cold, post something warm, right? So he posts a scene of him on the beach, kneeled in front of Zelly, which led people to believe, you know, over the summer, they kept it quiet, but that he proposed to his longtime girlfriend, uh, Zelly Timothy's. So we're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, congratulations. It was a beautiful post and a nice song behind it and everything. And he's like, it's always warm over here when I'm with Zelly and all this stuff. I hope that's how you pronounce her name. I don't really know how to pronounce it. I think it's Zelly. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but if that's not right, I'm sorry, girl. You know who I mean. (laughs) She's a gorgeous woman too. She's a very gorgeous model. And she seems to just kind of understand Tyrese. We talk about Tyrese on this podcast many times, numerous times for the little antics and stuff that he does. And it seems like Zelly really has a feel for Tyrese and what he's gone through and, and what it really requires to be with him. I know they broke up for a little bit, but now they're, you know, Since they've been back together, they've been back together for real. So it seems like this might have been a proposal. So it's a beach scene. So of course, Zelly being built and beautiful has on a small bathing suit, um, as models usually do. And Bianca Santori was spotted wearing some type of like, um, I won't say it's a bathing suit. It was kind of like a bodysuit, maybe like a, like a really small, um, bodysuit. I guess that's one way I can really describe it where her butt was out. Um, some outlets censored it. Some outlets didn't, but he was basically saying that her butt (laughs) reminded him of cream of wheat. This is, uh, Kanye West, by the way. So, you know, he always posted her half naked with her body all out. And I have my thoughts on that, but that's a whole nother podcast. So he's always posting her with her looking like that. And I'm always thinking to myself, why is he doing this to this woman? Anyway, he called her cheeks cream of wheat. So then here comes Tyrese later, you know, posting more pictures of Zelly, things that are going on with Zelly and their possible engagement, right? So he picks up on the fact that, you know, they're going slightly viral for them possibly having gotten gotten engaged. And he talks about no cream of wheat over here as he shares a picture of Zelly's buns. I'm just like, all right, Tyrese, somebody in the comments said it too. This ain't what you want. When Kanye West starts going crazy on Tyrese, he hasn't yet. But when he sees the comments and he starts going crazy on Tyrese, I don't want y'all to say nothing because you know how Kanye is. Now he's coming out with some 40 minute apology to the Jewish community. And it's just like, I'm not Jewish. I can't pretend to understand um, what that means and what the apology may mean to them. But I know as a black person and the things that he said about George Floyd, I was offended by his comments as a black person. And honestly, I don't want a 40 minute apology. What you said is what you said. And you honestly said it almost a year or more ago. If you were going to apologize, you would have been apologized. It's really coming off as a weak attempt to get his album cleared vultures, which we talked about in the past. And it's just like your veiled attempt to try to make nice with some of these, um, 
label heads who happen to be Jewish is is really disgusting to me in a way. It's just like you're pandering to them, apologizing to them to get this album cleared, but you couldn't care less, especially with everything that's going on. It's just like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't like it. And you guys know, I don't like to have anything like political on this podcast. So I'm just going to keep it there. But I don't really like like what he's doing right now. I just think that it's just way too much. Also, stop posting your wife naked like that. And the crazy part is to me, and I'll move on after this point. So in the height of Kanye mudslinging Kim, because a lot of people don't remember this, but there was a time, I would say maybe six to nine months where Kanye was just grilling Kim in the media. He talked about, you know, the possible abortion of Northwest. He talked about the way Kim dressed. He talked the way about the way she looked, um, about skims and her clothing line and the things that she's doing. He just downed her in the media for a, a good six to nine months before they got divorced. And, um, at that point, he also said he just didn't like the way she dressed as far as showing too much of her body, as far as, you know, being too promiscuous, because back then he was more in his God era. Remember when he was a gospels artist and all this, right? So now it's like you go from that to literally not letting Beyonce, uh, Beyonce, oops, Bianca wear clothes. Every time we see Bianca out, she's wearing tights as a, as a onesie. She's wearing a pillow to cover up her nipples. She's barefoot. You know, it's almost like you're telling her she has to do whatever or, you know, if you're not if you're not going to do whatever I tell you to do, then you're going to be out. You know, you're going to be out of the equation. And it's just like, why is he so like hard on this woman that she can't dress normally and have like a normal haircut and look like a human being when she goes out to places. It's just so odd and so weird. So weird. So controlling vibes, allegedly. I don't know if he is controlling, but it's just giving domestic violence. I'm sorry. It really, really is. I hate to say it like that. Allegedly, 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 but I have to be real with y'all. That's what it's giving me. That is exactly what it's giving me if not physically, mentally, you know, it's just too controlling. It's just so weird. All right, let's move on to the next topic here. I'm going into that. Oh my God. Woo. All right. (laughs) Next topic here. Uh, stunner girl of the baddies cast exposes members of the cast for hooking up with the owner of Zeus, Lemuel Plummer. So stunner girl basically was talking about an interview that happened between T who is a current cast member of baddies East and Anna, who is also a current, um, cast member of baddies East. And they had a podcast together. Now on this podcast, allegedly, or no, actually not allegedly, Anna asked, I mean, T asked Anna the question, have you ever slept with your boss? And Anna came back laughing and she took the shot. Obviously you take the shot if it's something that you've done or if you don't want to talk about it. So she didn't want to talk about it further. She took the shot. It was what it was. They move on to the next question. So now Stunna Girl is in some type of friendship with Scotty, which I didn't even realize, but she's in some type of friendship with Scotty. And she's like, you know, Scotty's talking about interviews and people coming out and saying stuff in interviews and that she may want to do some interviews herself because she feels like the rest of the cast is doing so. So she talks about that. And then Stunna Girl says to her, I don't even want to bring it up, but... There has been things that have been coming out on interviews and she explains what happened between Anna and um, uh, T on her podcast. 
So then they basically just go back and forth about these chlamydia allegations that Lemuel allegedly gave one of the women chlamydia. This is when Scotty dry snitches on herself and says, well, I never got anything from him, which basically is saying I've slept with him and you know, I've never gotten anything from him. So she's dry snitching that she's having a sexual relationship with Lemuel Plummer. And he is supposed to be married or in a committed relationship with Janisha John, who is another uh, figurehead at Zeus, probably a president or something like that. They run the company together. Um, and this kind of threw Janisha under the bus as far as a lot of the cast members. It's been alleged for years that a lot of the cast members are hooking up with Lemmy. And now basically Scotty is sitting here and confirming this um, information and Stunner Girl just let it all fly because they were talking about her and her different things and how she's jealous of the baddies cast. So, cause since she left baddies, things have not been popping off for her the way they were when she was on baddies. It was just a mess. Honestly, <laughs> Natalie is now casting in the Caribbean but they have to go to Miami for the tryouts, which I was just like, okay. So now they have to find a way to get to Miami for the tryouts, but the actual show is going to happen in the Caribbean. Um, I don't know. Jocelyn's cabaret got canceled. I feel like Batty should be next. I don't really know what the future of the Zeus network is, but this is getting even messier and messier for Lemuel. You know, it's crazy. I was listening to um, Unpopular Opinions and I forget his name, but it's a really good channel. Find it if you can. Unpopular Opinions or something like that. And he did a full breakdown of all the baddie stuff, all the Natalie stuff, all the stuff between Lemmy and Diddy even. And it's just not looking good for him. And the fact that he started doing Christian reality with like uh, Mary Mary and preachers of LA to now do this. It's like, Oh, you know, nobody's judging. We get it. You have to go to where the dollar is, but it's like, this doesn't even seem like you, my guy. And now you really getting wrapped up with these women. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's a good situation that's going on over there. Um, you guys know, I stopped a while ago reviewing the content for real. And I ended my subscription because of the domestic violence that was happening on, um, the blue and Krishan show. Uh, and they have a lot of problems. They have a lot of problems over there. As far as people telling different things that are going on, they had some producers on Twitter spaces that were supposedly given the tea about the cast members and who they've been sleeping with and stuff like that. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. And I don't know. I don't really know what the future is of an app that can't really get the talent under control. But at the same time, it's like it also seems like they're getting involved with each other in a way. And I'm like, I don't think anybody wants that to happen. Uh, least of all, Janisha, who has to sit up there as a co-host of these reunion shows of, you know, with groups of women that you're allegedly sleeping with. Like what? It's just messy. It is messy, messy, messy. Um, <laughs> very messy. All right. The last topic here, which is a serious one and, um, one that I honestly didn't want to talk about, but I think I have to, and I should, and you'll see what it is when I say it. So Chris Stokes, ex-wife, um, 
had made an Instagram post last night where she alleged alleged that the suspicions about him were correct and the things that he's accused of that he has done those things. This is what she said in her Instagram post. And then a couple hours after that, the post was deleted and her social media was made private. Okay, so you guys that have been following the podcast for a long time know that I am a huge B2K fan. I was then, I guess I still am now, if they're still a group. I heard they broke up again after the Millennium Tour or whatever. But it just it was just good, feel-good music um, that I enjoyed in my preteen and teen years. And to see this group have so much drama, so many issues, so many things going on with management... It honestly makes me feel terrible. And um, so many people were affected by the alleged actions of Chris Stokes, not only Raz B, but other group members, um, not even not even just from B2K, but other emerging groups at the time. I don't know if it's true. I don't know what's going on, but I will say that every time this topic is mentioned, it is very clear that someone does not want it to be brought to light what exactly happened in that situation. Many creators have gotten cease and desist. Many creators have gotten their channels taken down. Um, even bigger platforms like Jason Lee um, and Sherelle's World, they've talked about getting cease and desist on their videos and stuff like that when they talk about the situation. So obviously, you know, a hit dog will holler. Something did happen there. And it's just sad. It just, you know, it was good. It was feel good music for young people made by young people. And to have it kind of be like tarnished and destroyed in this way while some people go about their lives having faced no consequences for everything that's happened, I feel like that's wrong. And that's why I want to talk about it because at the end of the day, we weren't there. We don't know what happened specifically, but at this point we can pretty much deduce something happened. Um, and it's something that they don't want to get out. Right. Marcus Houston's marriage, Mm. his kids, his wife, you know what I mean? If you know, you know. I don't even need to get that deep into it. If you know, you know. If you don't know, maybe look into that situation. So this is an ongoing issue. It's not just something that happened back then. Now everybody's of age. You know, it's not that. It's it's continuing um, in this group, I should say. Um, I'm proud of the ex-wife for coming forward. I hope she can stay safe. I hope everybody involved can stay safe because obviously these people are not playing fair when it comes to silencing others, when it comes to certain parts of the story, not getting out. Um, and I guess we'll just go from there. You know, somebody mentioned on one of the lives that I was watching about this situation that they wish that these people would go to the police so that that something can be done. And in a way, I do agree. You know, we all just heard about the Christian Keys thing. We all heard about T.D. Jakes. It's like several people are coming to social media with their receipts, with their evidence or what have you, their allegations, when I truly believe that most of this stuff should be going to the police, but people are not trusting of the police. And I completely understand that they're not trusting of the process. So they're just like, I'm not going to put it in court 
for no one to ever hear about my story and what I've been through. I'm going to go to social media so at least I can expose them. So I can understand where these people are coming from, but it's like you have to go through the courts at some point. Otherwise, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change if you don't go through the court and and really have them investigate these situations and keep your foot on their neck until they investigate these situations. Because a lot of times things can be open and shut just because they don't have the resources or they don't have the manpower to really look into what happened in the situation. So it's like, if you have the strength to come to social media, it's like, I just would love for some of them to also have the strength to, to really see it through. And, um, and get some justice and maybe some hope for the next person to not get victimized. You know what I mean? All right. That was kind of (laughs) heavy. I'm sorry to have to take it there, but it does happen at times. We got to keep it real on this podcast. Um, but those were all of the trending topics. Um, and at this time we are going to have a NFL playoff Update from no other than our sports analyst, J-Rob. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So let's get started. The Baltimore Ravens defeated the Houston Texans. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson completed 16 passes for 152 yards and two touchdowns. Jackson carried the ball 11 times for 100 yards and two touchdowns. The Ravens defense shut out the Texans offense in the second half. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers. 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw caught two key interceptions. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey recorded 128 yards from scrimmage and scored two touchdowns. The Detroit Lions defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lions quarterback Jared Goff completed 30 passes for 287 yards and two touchdowns. The Lions outscored the Bucs 21-13 in the second half. The Lions are in the NFC Championship game for the second time in franchise history. And finally, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes completed 17 passes for 215 yards and two touchdowns the Chiefs shut out the Bills in the fourth quarter now I will give you a preview for championship Sunday that will take place next weekend on next weekend uh, the AFC championship game will take place on Sunday January 28th at 3 p.m. on CBS the Baltimore Ravens will host the Kansas City Chiefs Also, the NFC Championship game will take place on Sunday, January 28th at 6.30 p.m. on Fox. The San Francisco 49ers will host the Detroit Lions. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew. This is my favorite part of the podcast, The Deep Dive, and we are going to be doing something lighter today. So, yay for that. Well somewhat lighter, I guess I should say. So this weekend, I finally got an opportunity to watch some TV, watch some Netflix, just become reacquainted with my very comfortable bed and couch. And I watched some of these shows and I figured we could do like a little review of my weekend watching. So the first show I watched was a mini series, a crime series um, called American Nightmare. 
And it's basically detailing the situation that happened with Denise Huskins and her alleged hoaxed kidnapping. So for those of you guys that do not remember, in 2015, there was a movie um, starring Ben Affleck where him and his wife get into a marital dispute over alleged like cheating or he was cheating on her and she made herself disappear and then she blamed him for the murder right so she blames him for the murder after she makes herself disappear and it basically like ruins her life and then she comes back into the picture and they sort of live happily ever after but it was just basically like a crime thriller that both of them were just kind of insane right So the detectives that were on this case did not believe her boyfriend's story and they alleged that she had been involved in a hoax that was similar to Gone Girl. Now she was blonde, she fit the profile and in the beginning the story that she told was just so wild and the story that her boyfriend told was also so wild that they just did not believe it. They didn't believe her and they didn't believe him. So The show goes on to describe the investigation, other crimes that happened in the area, and long story short, you know, they were able to come to a consensus of whether or not, you know, Denise was lying. I think, I don't want to give it away what ends up happening in the documentary or what ended up happening in the actual true crime story, but I will say it was a very good documentary series. It's not going to end the way you think it's going to end, and it definitely kind of had me on my toes till the end like what is actually gonna come out of this and it just leads me to what I always say about retractions and you know the news and everybody trying to piece together some sort of truth after they've been wrong about something like when we have stuff on the podcast that are retractions I try to give it the same amount of publicity that we gave the original story just to be fair to the people involved. Like, hey, we got it wrong. It happens at times. This is what happened. But it just never seems to catch the way the original story did. You know what I mean? It's like you can't shove the crap back in the horse. When people get a hold of salacious news that'll always spread faster than, oops, we were wrong. You know, this is what really happened, you know? So it's just really important to try as hard as you can to get it right. But I would definitely recommend American Nightmare. I thought it was a really well done documentary. And I like when they only do three parts because I feel like they told the story and they were done. Sometimes they do eight parts or six parts. It's a little dragged out. It's a little too much. Um, And it's just like, you know, people want to get to the bottom line like was it a hoax was it not a hoax whatever so they definitely do that with the three episodes and for kind of all intents and purposes it has a happy ending so I kind of like that too so many true crime documentaries you just leave them feeling like gutted because you feel so bad for the people um and what's happened to them and and this one kind of had a happy ending so that was something And then the other show or movie that I watched was Queen Pins. Now, Queen Pins is based on these couponing queens who basically thought of a scam in real life where they were going to create uh, factory coupons, uh, manufacturer coupons, I should say, for free items and sell them on the internet to 
moms and other couponers and people who are trying to save money. So basically for those that don't really coupon or know what it is, the people who make the products also create the coupons, right? And they make them for a certain amount of money where they can get people to test the products, try the products, or continue using the products. And it orig- it ultimately is supposed to lead them to making more sales. So with this movie Queen Pin and what happened in real life was the person that was couponing, she realized like, if you complain to the manufacturer about the quality of the product, they're going to want to keep you as a customer because they feel like if you went through all this time and hullabaloo and all these like, you know, rings to write a letter, type it out, email it to us or mail it to us that you really care about our product and we want to keep you as a customer. So she was writing these, um, complaints and getting these free items one free box of Wheaties one free thing of Cottonelle you know like whatever it was she was getting it and her and her friend and her accomplice she really had an accomplice in real life too but it was two other women versus just the one woman that they had in the movie but she was just like yeah I'd pay half price for these coupons because I'm getting a whole free item So they went on to basically create this whole scheme and network and way to make these um, manufacturer coupons of really good ones um, that you can only get (laughs) directly from the manufacturer for free products. So it was a it was a good movie. It was cool that it was a true story. Also, somewhat had a happy ending, Um, but it's just interesting, like the way people can scam the system and it's also interesting how at the end of the day when they were caught how so much of the system just did not care (laughs) they were like yeah we just don't want to be involved at all we don't want our brand involved we don't want our name involved just make sure they get something and we'll move on from this situation because it's just not so much embarrassing but it's also just kind of like any press could be bad press for us because so many of these brands are family brands and so many of the people that use these coupons were mothers, families, military families, you know, people just really needing a break on the price of items. So they didn't want to get wrapped up in kind of coming against like Americana, you know what I mean? Like coming against the core of the people that shop with them and do business with them. So I thought that was interesting too, but that was another really good watch. Uh, I would recommend, highly recommend both of those, especially if you have a weekend or some free time. I think they're both like the queen pin movie was like two hours. And then the altogether American nightmare was like three hours. Cause it's three parts. Um, so, you know, that's watching you can do in a day. If you have a full day of binging, ahead of you. Um, and they're both female led casts. So that's also something interesting. Well, in the documentary, it's a documentary, but it is about a woman. And then, uh, queen pins is a female led cast. Uh, but Vince Vaughn was also in it and he was very funny. (laughs) I enjoyed seeing Vince Vaughn. I was like, I didn't know he was in it. Um, I enjoyed seeing him and what he brought to the movie as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this little watchery episode of a deep dive and stay tuned for our outro comments. (music) 
All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. As always, I appreciate you all for sharing the reels, liking the reels, commenting, reposting them. All of that really helps to grow our little community. As always, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I love you for listening. Bye!